My name is Philia, and I'm here with my lovely and amazing co-host, Yemi. Hey, guys. Welcome to Treading Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly Bible study podcast dedicated to diving into the Bible with open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations that surround everyday life and our faith walk with Christ. As we know, the central feature of faith is trust and the Bible, the central object, is God's promise. Now, Yemi, what are we tuning into today? Right now, we are on an intermission for our second corporate fast, 40 Days with the Most High Sugar Fast. We are using a daily devotional to guide our fasting journey with scripture and testimony. The book is called The 40 Day Sugar Fast by Wendy Speak. So let's get into days 15 to 21. We are more than halfway through, a little more than halfway through our 40-day fast. And I have to admit that it has been a challenge for me. How's it been going for you? It has definitely been a challenge, but I have to say at this point, I'm starting to get it. Okay, okay, (laughs) okay. I I feel the same. I feel like this is going to be a permanent lifestyle change for me. So I'm appreciative of the fast, but my biggest struggle is the eating after 8 p.m. And I I struggle with it so much that I'm going to continue to work on that discipline. And so that brings us to day 15 about focusing on our idols instead of what we need from God. So Day 15, the scripture is divisive devices. Jeremiah 2.13 says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. The author here is talking about the fact that we look to other gods. And we may say like as Christians, like there's no God before God. There's only one true God. We believe in the Holy Trinity. We may say that, but our actions may be different. These are the devices that divide us from God. We should look to God for all of our sustenance. We should look for God from all of our help. But yet we lean on the things of maybe of this world. We lean on the sugar. We lean on the cravings. Like I said, for me, it's the after 8 p.m. eating. It is so difficult for me not to eat late at night. It's part of boredom. It's part of laziness, which is kind of the topic for day 21, which is boredom can be a trigger too. The scripture is Proverbs 19, 15. Lazy people sleep soundly, but idleness leaves them hungry. <laughs> I think that is such a funny way of saying that you'll always be hungry if you're not doing God's work. If you're not saying that I'm going to lean on God, if you're not saying that I'm going to depend on God, if you're not saying what more can I do for the kingdom of God, you fall into the unhealthy habits. Maybe it's sugar, maybe it's television, maybe it's social media, whatever your crutch is, you are leaning more on these things. I agree with you, Yemi. Um, I think what happens is that we become so dependent on these other factors to make us feel whole that we tend to forget what our purpose is with God. This title of divisive devices, I really like it. First, it was like a tongue twister. But um, (laughs) when I think of this um, section of, of the book, it's because devices are the things that we fall that that we depend on. You know, our phones. You know, our TVs, our computers. These are all devices that we need for our day to day life. But they're divisive because they also take us away from God's work. Yes. Right. So here, 
you know, we fall on um, on leading a, a, on these things as crutches instead of focusing on what our real path is supposed to be. Now, it also, for me, makes us a little bit more complacent because we're dependent so much on these devices that we don't look within ourselves to look at what our real purpose is. We're not really in tune with what we're supposed to do because we have these things to kind of lead the way. And I think that has been the problem in this fast. I think when we, when I think of this fast, you know, like when you mentioned that in the evenings is what your, what your problem is, you know, trying to focus on moving away from eating late. I think that you need to start to focus on the things that's going to keep you more disciplined. So for me, I think it's just the idea of keeping myself busy because when I'm not busy, then I'm idle. And when I'm idle, then I start to lean on these things mm-hmm. as my crutch. So. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned that when it's late at night or when you're having a craving, you listen to gospel music. I think that's something that I'm going to try to do because part of my weakness at late at night is I'm falling into the same routines that I do when I when I eat late at night. I'm watching TV on the couch. It, this is my downtime, right? I do not turn on this television until weekend. And so I get to sit on the couch. I'm comfy. I want to drink and I'm grateful that I can drink salsa water, right? <laughs> that is something that I can drink that keeps me hydrated and it's not just boring water. And, and then I want snacks, right? Even if it's like fruit or popcorn or a sandwich. The thing about it is it's late. I can only plop down on this couch probably after 8 p.m., maybe 10 p.m. And maybe this is a time where I should be dedicating to God. Maybe it's a time where instead of plopping down in front of the TV, I can listen to gospel music. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can journal. I think about this all the time that I don't want to have idle hands or idle time all of my free time can be dedicated to God in the right way, whether it's writing, singing, planning, or, or just relaxing with, with music. I can use that time better. Um, one thing I want to say is that life is not like an action movie. Sometimes we suffer from these feelings of listlessness and apathy. But I think what's important is that if we're really, really focused on the things that we're supposed to do, making a concerted effort in being a lot more being having intent, we would be less bored. And I think sometimes boredom causes us to do those those old habits because we become complacent with the things that we used to do. So I think complacency is where the problem is when it comes to when it comes to this time and this um, these habits. That brings us to a couple of more days. Uh, day 16, the title is Comfort Foods and Retail Therapy. The scripture is from 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4. Blessed be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I think this goes back to like the idleness and for me, like maybe the loneliness or the boredom at night. We want God to be our comforter and we can't preach to someone else that God is your comforter if we don't actually act like that. Right. <laughs> or it doesn't come from within, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I like the, um, the title Comfort Foods and Retail Therapy because I think during this fast, I've realized that I might be addicted to shopping on Amazon. Wow. <laughs> like every day there's a package. And I think what has been happening whenever someone mentions it, I get defensive and I'm like, well, it's for the house or, well, it's for you. Or, well, you said you lost your gloves. But at the end of the day, it's still something that I'm doing. 
And uh, now that I'm not running to food and running to sugar, I'm, I'm running to Amazon. Amazon. So it's like, okay, it's almost like when something happens on your body, like you use, you lose your extremities or you lose your hearing, then all of a sudden your sight gets stronger. It's almost like I'm trying to compensate for your one. shopping finger got stronger. <laughs> that click button is so strong now that I don't even think twice. So it's also making me recognize that, wow, I have some work to do because here I thought that I was struggling so much with sugar and now I'm now leading on another addiction. Yeah. So I think making a concerted effort to, to, to really look to God, like I mentioned, whenever, and, and I'm never bored because my mind is always full of something. I'm always thinking of something. I'm either journaling, but it's like, I'm not doing the old things I used to do. Now I'm finding something else new. Mm -hmm. So this is just teaching me that, wow, it's like, if you are not careful, you start to find yourself going wayward and, and finding another crutch. Yes. You know, so the idea of this is not to get a crutch. The idea, the crutch is God. That's yes. the only thing. <laughs> not Amazon and not anything else. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing that I'm starting to recognize. <laughs> this is reminiscent of um, day 19, where the author talks about having a sober mind. And the scripture is from first Peter from chapter five, verse eight. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And in this chapter, Wendy Speak talks about um, giving up alcohol. And one of the challenges she has for us almost in every single daily devotional is maybe sugar is not the biggest thing for you. Maybe it's something else. And she asks us in the first half of our fast to search for whatever our other crutches are and see if we can give them up to God. Mm -hmm. So she talks about social media. She talks about shopping. And um, in this chapter, she talks about alcohol. And she says when she has talked to other people about doing the fast and asking them if this is a crutch, if this is an addiction. They're good at giving up sugar. They're good. They're, they want to give up social media. They want to give up shopping. They recognize it. But when she says give up alcohol, people get really defensive. Right. <laughs> like I get the present for my Amazon shopping. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and she's kind of saying like how she's, she's, you know, she says, yes, she's not against alcohol, drinking alcohol. She's not saying that you shouldn't if you want to, but she's saying, is this something that you can give up for 40 days to dedicate to God? Because if you're drinking during this fast, then you're not fully sober-minded. And if you're not fully sober-minded, how can you fully dedicate that time to God? And I think about it as like, you know, when I need to relax, like before, like Fridays, if I wasn't too tired, but I was tired and I was trying to relax, I would have a glass of wine or a cocktail that I made and I, and I yeah, it would be my wine down in front of the TV and I would always fall asleep on the couch. I never had, I never had good rest because I wasn't in my bed. You know, I woke up with my back hurting and my neck hurting. I don't even know why that was like my downtime. That is something that I enjoy to do. That was my relaxation. And I could be using, and I woke up late the next day instead of like waking up early and being having a devotional with God and exercising like I intend to. I wake up and I'm like, I don't have any time. So being present of mind during this time of fasting is so important for all of us. And it may not be alcohol for you. It may not be sugar for you. It may be social media. It may be Amazon. It may be the carbs so late at night, which is me. Like whatever these things are, we need to not only be fully conscious and mindful, we need to be mindful about what we're putting in our mouth, the triggers that are sending us to these food, and how we can use God as a replacement for that. 
You know, Yemi, you make a real good point. Um, you know, I think for you, you started to recognize that. Like for me in this chapter, when they talk about alcohol, like I love sweet drinks. I love anything that has the umbrella that tastes good, <laughs> with the passion and the guava and this. I never said I was going to give up alcohol during this time. But I think with your influence of the things that you wanted, I was like, I love alcohol, but I don't love it like that. I only love it socially, but... If I don't put myself in a situation that it would be in my face, then I might be okay to not crave it. So what I started to recognize is that, for instance, we had a work, you know, there was uh, an event that we had at work. And then I'm, as I'm going to this event, I'm thinking, okay, I can't have this. I can't have this. I can't have this. What can I still have that I can still have a good time with? I never used to think like that. Now I'm starting to actually make a concerted effort to say, or be conscious about those things that I'm getting ready to put in my mouth. You know, okay, if I'm not going to have the sweet drinks, so I'll just take a pineapple ginger and they're like, any spike it? No, just the pineapple ginger. And I found such pleasure in just drinking the pineapple ginger lemon, you know, drink because it was like, those were natural. They weren't added sugars. And I'm like, I don't really need the alcohol to be okay. I think it's just a social thing. And I'm sober. <laughs> I'm not tipsy. I'm not having the good time I'm having is pure fun. It's actually yeah. like real conscious, like like everything I say, it's not like I slip of the tongue or it's not because yes. I'm overindulged. Yes. It's actually just good old fashioned fun. Like it should be. So I'm like, can I just do this? Like yes. it's okay. It's okay to be like this and still have a good time and not be considered a square and not uh -huh, be a uh -huh. party pooper. And I think sometimes we do things because it's like the sign of times, because it's what everyone else is doing. Not because we're followers, but it's like, you don't want to stand out like the sort of them. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think, yeah, I, I think you're 100% right. Like you can, you, you can be present and have fun without being inebriated. And, and I know a lot of us probably do drink to kind of relax us and not really to get inebriated. I feel like those inebriation days are in the past, but you think about what alcohol does to your body. The author says that um, alcohol is empty calories. They're no nutritional value. They throw off your blood sugar into um, interfering with your ability to regulate glucose. Um, it, it messes up your regulation hormones. Um, and, and, and it can throw off the bacteria in your belly, as well as having the slip of the tongue, like you mentioned, or not even remembering the things you said or did. You're not fully present if you're not sober of mind. And I think I gave up alcohol for the year and it was, wasn't about being sober of mind for me, it was just about the effects it was having on my body. I felt different when I had alcohol. I felt like I felt like the way I have when I have beets. I don't eat beets, and um, beets will spike my sugar, and then I'll I'll like and I'll drop really really hard, really fast. I'll have a crash, and so I don't eat beets for that reason. I liked it, but now I don't eat it, and I feel like that's what alcohol was becoming for me. Like I, you know, it, it gave me a relaxing feeling. I liked the taste. I was enjoying it, but then I would crash. I would sleep and I couldn't get up. I would have to right. I would I'd be sluggish. My body wasn't feeling great. I would have these headaches. And I was just like, I didn't even drink that much. I had one, one right. drink. And so my body was rejecting it. So I felt like, you know what? I want to reject it and I want to challenge myself to say that I don't need this, right? Why am I doing this? Do I need it? And it's been good for me so far. Granted, it's only like 20 something days into the year. We'll see how the whole year goes. 
but I really wanted to challenge myself and be more disciplined. And I, and I, and it's, and it's so funny because this author like touches right on everything. Um, day 20, she says, the world's goods aren't as good. Um, <laughs> the scripture is from first John two verses 15 to 17. And this is from the message Bible. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love from the father, particularly everything that goes on in this world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the father. It just isolates you from him. The world and all it's wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Mm. And it just reminds me of like, why do we like drink? Why we? It's social, right? Why do we eat the things we eat? It's social. We do a lot of things socially. We do a lot of things because other people do it. We talk about it, right? We talk about like, how was your night? Did you go out? Did, what did you have to eat? What did you have to drink? We we make it so part of our culture and our fixation that this is what we surround ourselves with. Remember, it was a big thing before, like, I think when I was in my early 20s, brunch, right? You got to have brunch with your girls. On I don't have brunch like that anymore right. because brunch is always too heavy. <laughs> it, it, like, it's a big chunk of my day, you right? And you're drinking, you're eating, your day is almost it's gone. Done, yeah. Like, and I'm only, like, recovering at night and this happens to be the vicious cycle for me because I'm recovered at night, I'm going to bed really late, I'm waking up late, this is why I don't do these things anymore because it doesn't fit for my lifestyle. And so we think about the things of this world that we want. I know that I want things, right? Yes. Like I want to be important. I want to be financially well off. I want to be able to have things. I want to go on vacations. I want to enjoy life. All these things that I want good life, soft life, right. all the things that I want <laughs> out of life are wants, wants, wants of this world. And, and, you know, she makes this point of saying, which I, which I, I thought was really, 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 really important. She, she says this French Christian um, said, Pierre Theohald de Chardin said, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having an experience, a human experience. Mm. And to think of it that way, to shift our perspective and say to us that we're spiritual beings means that our body, even though they belong to us, they're a source for us to move about in this world, right? We're supposed to have energy. We're supposed to be awake. We're supposed to be alert. Like we're spiritual beings. We have a higher calling, a higher purpose, mm. a higher hunger, a higher need, a higher thirst that we should satisfy first. Our body is just a means to an end. It's to get us from A to B. That's why we need to treat it well. We need it, we need it to be strong. We need it to be healthy. We need it to be clear. So all these things that we do of this world, all mm. the things that we chase, they're not of the eternal God. These are not, this is just a short time in our life. We feel like it's a long time because we're only conscious of the here and now. But we need to be remembered that we're more than the here and now. We have something more to look forward to. And we can only get there by serving in this life the right way. Amen. Uh, what you said reminds me of 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. It tells us that if anyone is in Christ, then he is a new creation and the old has passed away and behold, he has come. So Christians can choose not to sin and live in a God honoring manner, but boredom and indifference needs not to direct our future. Yes. So I think it's that idea that when you're bored or when you're not, you know, want to be part of something, you start to make a, you make these conscious decisions 
to not feel like you are not doing something fun and um and it usually that leads to these sinful acts and whatever you do you got to work heartily in the way that the lord wants from us because knowing that the lord will make you receive this inheritance in the inheritance that and that is your reward so serving christ i think when wendy speaks of the devil being on the prowl it's like once the the devil knows that you are vulnerable. That is the time that he attacks because mm-hmm, he knows mm-hmm. that you, you need to lean on something. He knows that you need, you know, some strength. And this is the time when you are weak. That is the time that things start to happen. So when I think of that title of having a sober mind, I wasn't even thinking about drunk sober mind saying when you're weak, that's the time that you got to be sober and alert and look, use your peripherals, look behind you, look in front of you because <laughs> That's when the devil's coming for you because he knows that this is the time that he can get you the most. And this is the time you got to suit up, you oh, know, and this up. is the way I saw the sobriety come in. So even though she talks about that story of having a sober mind and alcohol being the crutch and that causing a lot of other things to happen, I was thinking the sobriety of alertness. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think she wants us to be alert and mm-hmm. mindful. And, you know, God, the Bible says that we need to watch and pray. We need to be vigilant yeah. because, yes, the devil is on the prowl and and he will <laughs> use our crutches against us. Yes. I think about how I can go into self-loathing when I eat late at night. I'm like, why am I doing this? This is why your belly looks like this. This is why your clothes don't fit. <laughs> you know, I start talking negatively to myself because I ate something in late at night. And I and I'm just thinking to myself, like, and I feel bad internally. And and it's not like the devil doesn't know it. He knows that if I don't make a plan and I don't stick with it and I'm not disciplined in what I say with the with the word of God, that that's a time for him to attack me, attack my mental. I'm not even sharp at that time because I'm feeling bad. Yes, yes, yes. So basically, in other words, we got to choose to use our time wisely with God. You Amen. Know, make a concerted effort and don't allow boredom or sin to stifle our ability to follow God's will. Yes. Amen. Okay. Day 17. I know we're jumping around a, a bit, but we wanted to make it on theme. Um, so this, the reading is from Ecclesiastics 5.2. It says, don't shoot off your mouth or speak before you think. Don't be too quick to tell God what you think he wants to hear. God is in charge, not you. The less you speak, the better. This is from the Message Bible, by the way. <laughs> and the, the title of the ch- um, this day is called Be Quiet and Be Transformed. And this is what Philly is talking about, being sober-minded, being, being able to be sharp and alert and don't let the devil disrupt you. Sometimes we need to have that quiet time with God. We need to have dedicated time with God and not just talk to God, but also listen. Somebody once said, when you pray, after you pray, do you wait and listen? Or you're just like, oh, I'm done. I prayed. Like, so we're talking at God, but we're not really receiving. We want to receive. We want the download. And I think that's why fasts are so important because when we're making a concerted effort to give up something for God, we're also supposed to be spending that time in prayer and quiet reflection. And it's just a reminder for me that each time that I'm struggling with whatever crutch I have or not eating late at night, it's a time that I pray. It's a time that I talk to God and using that time valuably and and, and being very cognizant. It's always being thoughtful about the decisions that we're making. Um, I think making the most of the decisions that we are making is actually key because I think what happens is that when we are quiet, 
that's the time sometimes intrusive thoughts, you know, can happen. But if you're looking for that quiet time to spend with God, those thoughts now become, they, they become superseded with what God has for you. Yeah. So being quiet is also learning to listen for whatever that that voice would be. You know, some people, I always laugh and say, does my God sound like Morgan Freeman? <laughs> or is it quiet? For me, it's quiet, not loud and, you know, thunderous. It's more like a quiet thing that I hear and it's like, okay, that's what I feel. And then there's a solemnness in my in my heart that's like, okay, thank you, God. That's confirmation. And that's why when I was so emotional on the day, you know, when I talked about my son's uh, birthday, it was like, all of these intrusive things that I used to think about when I was going through postpartum, God gave me that like, wow, you are okay. Like you've been through it. It was a struggle, but look at the blessing now and look how far you've come and didn't make a mistake. And those feelings that you had of apathy and regret is now that you know me, that you know how wonderful it is to be here. But that was just me just playing some gospel music, you know, and hearing the words, they just spoke so loud, you know, they spoke volumes to me in the words, because it's like, that was my confirmation that God knew what I was feeling and the right songs were coming on. And that's why I was saying when you are struggling, sometimes it could just be playing the music. It just, it's a great distraction, you know, I love for, it. for us. So for me, that was my being quiet and it was able to transform me in that good and positive way. Oh yeah. I think when you, um, I mean, first of all, we're supposed to take every thought that builds itself against the knowledge of God. We take into captivity and surrender to the word of God. So if you're spending quiet time with God, if you're studying, meditating on the word, this becomes part of your life, becomes part of your thoughts, like Philia says, and it becomes part of your language. Yeah. So you're able to speak out against those negative things. You're able to see how good God is and reflect on it and speak those positive things over your life. You know, we, I, we talk about... Um, in our last live about making the confessions of faith, like we're taking scriptures and we're confessing it over our lives. We're saying that we are the head and not the tail and 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 all the good things that we want to, to occur in our life and pray over. These are the things that we should be doing on a regular basis. And God, God will settle you. He'll come to you and whisper to you and tell you all the good things that you need. He will give you peace. He will give you comfort. But before we end, we got to talk about stumbling blocks. And then I think this is important as a closing reminder that we, when we're talking about being sober-minded, being vigilant, being quiet, listening more than you're talking, we need to also be cognizant of our stumbling blocks and not get too comfortable with saying that, oh, this is just me. Oh, I failed. Oh, you know, whatever. This is just yesterday. Tomorrow's better. Yes, you can say all those things, but what are you doing right now? We need to be disciplined all the time. So this scripture is from Matthew 5, verses 29 to 30. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. Mm. Uh, yes, this is extreme. Yes. <laughs> and it's 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 metaphorically, I hope. Right, right. Um, you know, we're not asking, God is not asking us to poke out one eye or cut off one arm. It's about regulating the parts of ourselves that are wayward. If we know what was wayward, we can we recognize it and we can take control of it. I want us to start visualizing what post fast looks like for us. Mm. 
what are you going to do post-fast? Are you going to go back to your crutches? Am I going to go back to, to eating after 8 p.m. knowing that it was just out of loneliness and boredom that I was eating, mm-hmm. especially eating those carbs? Or am I going to continue to try to make it myself disciplined, knowing that those things do not solve anything for me and they're not helpful? Am I going to confront my stumbling blocks and no longer stumble? Am I going to just give in to them? What does post-fast look like? What does it look like for you, Philip? Um, post-fast for me is making the most of my time on earth. I mean, there's a scripture in James 4, 14 that says, you know, make the most of your time on earth for life is but a vapor, right? This life is nothing, right? But if we make the most of it and make it meaningful and impactful, then it's 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 beautiful, right? And we don't go through those stumbling blocks. And when we do, we can overcome them because we realize that God has our back, that God is there for us. He wants the best for us. And in order for us to redeem this time that we have on earth, we gotta make sure that we are purposeful and intentful in the mm-hmm. things that we do. And for me, I don't want to allow the enemy to take a foothold for my boredom. So in order for me not to be bored, you got to fill your time with God. Fill your time with with the things that are going to keep you in full alignment because that's the time that the enemy is going to be on the prowl. So that's, for me, what pulls fast is going to be. <laughs> yes, I love that. It reminds me of the line from... Um, uh, Maxine Waters, um, who said, reclaiming my time. You interrupt the interlopers, the things that will cause you to stumble, to fall and reclaim your time. Say, listen, I want the best of the best. I know what God has promised and has offered to me. And all these things that are causing me to fail. All this During this 40-day fast, I thought about the things that I leaned on, whether it was sugar, whether it was TV, whether it was social media, whether it was carbs. I thought about all the things that I wanted to run to. Mm -hmm. And I want to reclaim my time. I want to reclaim my power. I want to reclaim my body. Mm -hmm. This doesn't belong to these crutches. It belongs to God. And I want to dedicate. I love what you said because we need to be more purposeful and intentful about dedicating our bodies, our minds, our works, our talents, all of it to God. There is so much, so much that can happen when we are complacent. It is our biggest downfall to be comfortable with all of our failures and say, that's just me. We're not allowing God to be God if we say that. We're not trusting him that he's more powerful and he can help us overcome. We're not running to him with our problems. We're accepting it. We're accepting defeat and we're allowing the devil to make those intrusive thoughts to us Mm. and tell us that we cannot overcome this, that we're failures. This is just who you are. God didn't say those are who we are. He said we are the head and not the tail. He said we're more than conquerors. He prepares a a seat at the table for our enemies. This is our table of victory. So all those things that we're struggling with is going to be around gluttony, loneliness, boredom, uh, self-loathing, whatever those things are around you. And God is going to put you at the head of the table and say, you are victorious over all those things. We have to claim those things over us. Amen. So Christians have to strive to live with passion. All right. Well, we thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and stay tuned for our closing and announcements.
Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on our third full week of our 40 days with the Most High. Remember, the goal of this fast isn't that you will begin to choose healthy food options. It's that you will come to see that Christ as the only option. Treading Faith is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Please check out our Instagram page for updates. And if you like us, spread the news and follow us. Don't forget to click that like button, though. Then you can comment and share with your family, friends, and neighbors alike. Now, let us join together in prayer because we believe in the power of prayer. God desires that we come to him and be restored back into his grace and favor. Isaiah 55, 11 says, God's word does not come back void. Since our prayers are strengthened in numbers, we ask that you come into agreement for this closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, we know that as sinners, sometimes that we forget to strengthen our faith in you, Father God. We forget that you are the almighty, that you are the all-encompassing, Father. Father, we know that during this time, we need to have more faith in the things that you do for our lives, Father God. We know that we are complacent and we easily forget all of the power and authority that we have in you, Father God. But Father God, continue to strengthen us. Continue to straighten our paths, Father God. Help us to relinquish our our things, our worldly things, Father God, so that we can continue to relish in you and relish in the faith that we have for you. Father God, glorify us, Father God. Give us mercy, Father God. Grant us everything that you have for our path, Father God, for we do not know. And Father God, even those that do know, Father, that sometimes we are not faithful, we are not committed, and we are not humble, Father God. Father God, humble our hearts. Make it stronger. Make us be a magnet towards you, Father God, so that we can continue to grow in our faith for you, Father God. Father God, we know that complacency is equal to laziness, Father God, and laziness is frowned upon in your kingdom, Father God. Father God, even the ant, Father God, shows strength and fortitude, Father God, and shows resilience and humility, Father God, because it has one mission and one mission only. So, Father, give us the mission of the ant, Father God. Father God, give us the mission that we know that we can work together and help thy neighbor, Father God. Father God, give us the opportunity and ability to be able to have foresight, Father God, to not look at the worldly things, Father God, but look at the kingdom. Father God, Jesus Christ has set a precedence for us, Father God, and although we are not Christ, we are still Christ-like. We are made in your image, Father God. Father God, continue to just bless us and grant us. Continue to set our path straight. Father God, we do not know the things that we have or that you have for us, Father God. But if we have the faith and the humility and the the and the, the, the guidance that is in the Bible, Father God, we know that you will continue to bless us, Father. Father, um, shine your, your light on us, Father God, from the crown of our head to the bottom of our feet, Father God. Cover us, Father God. Cover our paths. Cover our future, Father God. Father God, our past is used for us to look back and see how far we've come, Father God. Father God, we should not envy others, Father God. Father God, we should always work hard to, to, to make you draw us near to us, Father God. 
draw us near so that we can continue to, to, to be in the best light and the best version of ourselves, Father God. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for everything you've done, everything you are doing, and everything you will continue to do, Father God. Father God, continue to set our paths, Father God. Continue to protect those who love us and those are around us, Father God. Father God, those who are distraction, our worldly distractions, Father God, remove them from us, Father God. Let those distractions only draw us nearer to you, Father God. Father God, we know that on this 23rd day that we are that we are are fasting, Father God, on the 24th day that we are fasting, Father God, we are more than half the way there. Father God, we want this fast to be able to help us know that we can go closer to you, that we can call upon you, that you can can soothe anything or any hunger that we have. These hunger pangs that we have, Father God, we know that we want to be hungry for you. We want to be hungry for your glory. We want to be hungry for your grace, Father God. Father God, not hunger for food, Father God, because that is only for sustenance, Father. And sometimes because of greed, we overindulge. But Father God, take that overindulges and put that overindulges in being overindulgent for you. For you, Christ our Father, we know that everything, everything that you have in mind for us, as long as it is in your will, that our destiny will be fulfilled. Oh, from the words of our mouths to the meditation of our hearts, may it be accepted and pleasing to you. Oh, Father, our God and our Redeemer, in Jesus' precious name, amen, amen, and amen. We thank you for your time. We hope that you continue to glorify God in the way that we want we ask you to always remember to be kind to one another. And we also want you to remember that God loves you. Can't wait to see you on the live. Don't forget, tune in at 8 p.m. sharp. See you then.